wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day, it's uh, Pastor Will here in the studio and I've got my good friend in the studio with me, Pastor Brenton Wilkinson. G'day, uh, Pastor Brennan. Good to have you. Nice to be here, mate. Hey, we're starting a brand new theme for our listeners today. And our theme for today and for the rest of this week is God is good. Amen. Amen. Life stories from our presenters. So we're taking a bit of a different tack with our theme this week. We're going to, each of our presenters, uh, myself and Pastor Brendan included, we're going to be sharing just, uh, yeah, how God has blessed us and we're going to share some personal stories yes. and just the way that God has been moving in our lives and in our ministries. And so we hope that you're, uh, yeah, that you'll see a bit of a different side from us uh, for today and for the rest of this week. And so our theme, God is good, life stories are from our presenters. And so we're going to get into that in just a few moments. Yeah. As we always do, we have a free book offer. We'll promote that in a few minutes' time, and uh, we'll do that a couple of times in our show today. So wherever you're listening from, whether you're here local in Adelaide or you're interstate, we get listeners from all across the country. We, we want to say thank you. And look, we only have a... Give us a couple a of weeks, well, a few more sessions, oh, wouldn't call it a session, a few more programs to go. <laughs> Not many to go. Before Will. the end yeah. of uh, yeah. 2023. So, hey, it has been a blessing. And even for yourself, Pastor Brenton, you know, aren't you retired? <laughs> <laughs> if you take off the RE, I, I could say I'm tired mm. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, for our um, listeners who know yes, Pastor I am, Brandon, I am yeah. retired. I'm going to talk about this a little bit, actually, in uh, when we get into it a bit more in a minute. Will, but um, basically, a minister. Can I say this? A minister is never retired. Yeah, a minister is always available to serve God whenever He calls. Amen. So, um, I found this year to be different. Yes, from last year, but um, I've still found. Yeah. To do. Praise God. Well, hey, we're going to go to our Worldwide segment and what I thought I would like to read an article from the eternitynews.com.au website. And they have a section on this website. It's a Christian uh, um, media website. And they have a section called Faith Stories. And they've got a bunch of stories of people there and how they've come to faith, basically like their personal testimony. So I want to read this. It's the title of this um, Faith Story uh, piece is called God is at Work and Our Stories Are Not Over Yet. And this is uh, Naomi Reed shares two of her favorite faith stories from 2023. So here we go. And this was... Uh, published online just a couple of weeks ago on November 7th. So here we go. Thank you to all those who've been reading Faith Stories with me this year. It's been an absolute privilege spending time in that sacred place, listening to people share from their pain and struggles. And so a little bit later down the line, it says here, she says, Naomi's two of my favorite Faith Stories this year have come from Anne and Les. They're gorgeous. They're a gorgeous couple in their seventies who I met through mutual friends. Um. Back in April, we shared a, we shared a meal together in country New South Wales. During the evening, I actually lost my voice, which was frustrating, but I couldn't stop listening to Anne and Les, which is a testament to their storytelling. So here we go. So two stories, Pastor Rennie. This is Anne's story. Anne told me about her conversion at eight years old. She was sent off to Sunday school by her unbelieving parents. 
On one Sunday, she watched her teacher draw a picture of the Good Shepherd who went after the one lost sheep and was so moved by the story and by the shepherd's love that she immediately put her trust in Jesus and went home excitedly to tell her parents. They were not impressed. (laughs) But over the next few decades, both of Anne's parents came to faith in the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, praise God for that. that's good. It was a combination of seeing the impact of prayer in Anne and Les's life, as well as being on the receiving end of kindness from the local Christian community. Kindness is so important as are faithful Sunday school teachers. Now, this is Len's story. Les, on the other hand, had a very troubled childhood. His mother died when he was six, and his father's new partnership brought violence and abuse into their home. Oh, boy. Les quickly developed ways of escape to pubs, clubs, snooker halls, all the places that felt safer than home. By his late teens, Les was full of tears and questions and scars. He felt deeply abandoned. But then in 1968, he went to a Billy Graham evangelistic crusade and heard that God loved him deeply in all his mess. Everything changed for Les in that moment. His burden slowly lifted. Since their marriage, Anne and Les have spent the last 50 years mentoring and encouraging younger believers. They certainly encourage me. That's wonderful. Yeah. But here's another interesting thing. After Anne and Les's faith stories were published by Eternity News back in June, they were shared widely 167 times on Facebook. And as a result of their shared stories, Many of Anne and Les's family and friends heard their faith stories for the first time, including those who didn't share their faith in Jesus. Last month, I caught up with Anne and Les again, and they told me what had happened in the months since sharing their faith stories. Apparently, family members who were previously out of touch with them read their stories online and asked to reconnect, having understood past pain. Other family members commented on their trust in Jesus, having not heard or understood it before. Others had new questions about faith in God. It's true that God is at work and our stories are not over yet. To those of you who have not only enjoyed the stories but shared them online, thank you. You've been a wonderful part of the way God works, revealing his truth to us in Jesus. And she ends up there. So that's a lovely story, isn't it, Pastor? It is. It is, yeah. And, you know, it's not a a super long article, but just shows how for, for Anne, it was just hearing about Jesus when she was... You know, when she was just a little, you know, when she was a little girl, eight years old in that Sunday school class. And for Les, going to, man, going to a Billy Graham evangelistic crusade, that you would know, have been you know, really Billy cool. You know, Billy Graham came to South Australia. He I, did. I can't think of the exact year. Okay. But he did come here. And we also had uh, someone called Ollie Ford, who also came and ran an evangelistic campaign. Okay. Ollie Ford was connected with... Billy Graham. Right. I remember going along to that program. That was down at the Wayville Showgrounds here okay. in Adelaide. But Billy Graham, I don't ever recollect going to his campaign. Man. I do remember he came to South Australia. I think one of the greatest preachers of the oh, yes. 20th Without a doubt, 20th, 20th century. century. Yep. Um, and I still, every now and then, I see his, his message is still online on YouTube, pretty powerful. He actually shares this one... I won't take too long, but he shares uh-huh. a story of this man who uh, I'm gonna. It's gonna take miles, but it was a beautiful story of a man who he'd go. <laughs> once I, I'm gonna say the whole thing. I'll, I'll just leave it there. But powerful. I what I love about Billy Graham's preaching is he always called people to decision. He did, 
and he always uplifted Christ. It wasn't always. it wasn't a hard message to grasp. You always felt under conviction yeah. that that we we are sinners and we need the grace of Jesus. And that's and, the type of preaching we need today. Yeah. Amen to that. So I thought we'd just read that article, Pastor Brennan, because yes. because it's in line with our theme, and we're going to be yes. sharing, uh, you know, some of our what the Lord has done in our lives and with the rest of our team this week. So we're looking forward to that in a moment. But um, hey, we're going to go to a break. Uh, but before we do, we're going to promote our free book offer yes. uh, for for today. Hey, if you'd like the book, the benefits of belief, how faith in God impacts your life by Julian Melgoza. When was the last time you went looking for a miracle cure or the fountain of youth hoping for something to diminish the signs of living on this sinful earth a little too long? Over the past two decades, much research has been done on the effects of the religious life on our emotional, mental, and physical health. The documented results are astounding. And so, hey, this is a bit of a deep dive into the benefits of belief how faith in God impacts your life. And so, hey, mm-hmm. this is our free resources. Free resource, sorry. Please put in for it, God. Yeah, so yeah. all you need to do, if you like this free copy, is you need to text the code SA151, SA151. You need to text that to 04888-80811, and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. So, so the book that we are promoting is... God is at work. No, sorry. The benefit. Not God. That's the article that we read. The article is the benefits of belief. So, hey, I just gave the wrong code. The code for today is actually SA one four seven. So, just scratch what I said five seconds ago. Please go um, with SA one four. So, the code is SA one four seven. My apologies. So, please text in if you'd like a free copy. The benefits of belief. Code SA one four seven. You need to text that to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments, and we'll hear Pastor Brennan as he leads us in this conversation. God is good. Life stories from our presenters. I've had questions for tomorrow There've been times I didn't know right from wrong But in every situation God gave blessed consolation That my trials only came To make me strong And I've seen so many faces There've been times I felt so all alone But in my lonely hours Those precious lonely hours Jesus let me know I was His own Learn to try. 
God for the mountains, and I thank Him for the valleys, and I thank Him for the storms He's brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them, and I'd never know what faith in God can. which actually, yes, some of you may know, is an original by the late Andre Crouch. That's the one. So uh, that's a classic, actually. So, um, hey, thank you for tuning in today, wherever you may be tuning in from, whether you're driving in your car or you're listening at home or you'll be listening to it at a future date. We want to thank you for tuning in today to our Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A program. God is good. Life stories from our presenters. That's our theme that we're going to be looking at today. Yes. And um, Pastor Brendan, we're going to be yeah having a bit of a conversation around just... Um, yeah, and I'd like to hear some of yours as well as yeah, looking forward to it. some of mine. So, so why don't you take us, uh, why don't you lead us uh, in this conversation? Certainly. Uh, talking about how, yeah, how God the Lord has good. impacted our lives, your ministry, mm-hmm. how God has uh, blessed you, stories that you've... That you um, often reflect on and think on and look back and say, "Hey, I, I see the hand of the Lord very clearly upon me and my ministry at that particular time." And Thank so, yeah, you. walk us through I some of those highlights. Yeah, start with one that is sure. very, very appropriate on that one. For those of my listeners who don't uh, probably know much about me, yes, I am a retired minister. I only came to ministry at the age of fifty-nine. Wow! So. Prior to that, I worked in the public service here in South Australia. I worked in the country over near Streaky Bay. I worked down at Narracourt, and then I came back to Adelaide and spent something, uh, a considerable period of time working in what is now known, well, when I left, it was known as the Department for Transport, Energy and Infrastructure. Yep. My job was a property consultant. My job involved acquiring people's properties to build roads. Now, I think most people around Australia could identify with that because every state in Australia has their own 
road authorities and probably their own method of going about acquiring land. So what, I, what I'd say is this, Will, um, I believe that in my work in the government, I have learned some skills that I've managed to transfer over into uh, ministry, such as yeah. the ability to listen when I have to, the ability to be able to empathise with people, and um, the ability to be able to get things sorted out when they need to be sorted out, and to be able to negotiate. Now, <clears throat> as 2009 came um, around, the government was going through one of the phases that it goes through reasonably often. Um, all states do it. They were having, uh, they were going through a process of cutting down on the number of public servants. Okay. Uh, what they offer you, and I believe it would be across the board, probably the same in most states, but in South Australia, it's called a TVSP. A TVSP is a targeted voluntary separation package. So when I went back to work at the beginning of January in 2009, uh, they were seeking expressions of interest from people who may wish to um, take a targeted voluntary separation package. People had been saying to me for years, you should be a minister. And I said, well, I have a wife, I have a son, I have a mortgage. Uh, I can't see my way clear at this stage to be going into full-time study or anything like that. And my wife was working, our son was at school. And uh, so actually he just left school by then. But I felt that if I was going to become a, ministry, a minister, it was now or never. And so... I took it to the Lord in prayer. I'll be honest. And I said, Lord, if you want me to be a minister, you're going to have to open the way for me to do that. So I filled out the relevant paperwork that you had to fill out to get a targeted voluntary separation package. This, Remember, this is January 2009. By June 30, 2009, I'd still heard nothing. Right. And so I was starting to ask my unit manager and then my section manager what's happening with my a request for a targeted voluntary separation package. Now, what had taken place during that period of time is that I wasn't the only one in our section who put in for a TVSP. In fact, there were four people who put in for a TVSP. I only found this out after I left the department that four others had also put in for a TVSP. And it came through to September so what are we dealing with? Nine months. Nine months where you're on tenterhooks wondering what's going to happen. Yeah. You've heard nothing. You keep asking the question, have you put my application in for a TVSP? Yes, yes, that's all gone through. And, uh, well, have you heard anything? No, 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 there's, there's nothing heard. Then it came to a point in September, I think it was round about September 12th, that we were told in the department that if you hadn't heard by then that you had been accepted for a TVSP, <clears throat> you could take it that you hadn't received one. In other words, can I put it this way? The communication was not the best. Yeah. Um, I was the one doing all the chasing, trying to find out whether my application had been successful. <clears throat> I remember my wife coming to pick me up from work on the Friday, and if you hadn't heard by the following Tuesday or Wednesday, you would know that you've been unsuccessful. 
And she said to me, dear, I don't think you're going to get a targeted voluntary separation package. Right. And I said to her, if God wants me in the ministry, he will open the door for me to be able to become a minister of the gospel. Okay. I had been the senior elder of our church for 20-odd years, so it's not as though I had no experience whatsoever in being able to minister to people, to do do Bible studies, to share with them and other things. I, I had plenty of, shall we say, life skills. I may not have had the uh, th- theological qualifications, but I had plenty of life skills that I believe yeah. came in useful in ministry. And so we came home that evening and we opened Sabbath as we always did. And uh, I was sitting in my chair thinking to myself, well, <laughs> Lord, time's running out. I don't know about you, Will, but um, have you ever found that God often leaves his answer till the last possible minute? <laughs> yeah, quite often. <laughs> People talk about God being the God of possibilities. He's also the God of the 11th and a half hour. <laughs> 11 and a half, okay. And, um, or two minutes to midnight. And you're thinking, no, it's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden it does. Nothing that God does it happens by accident. You read the story of Joseph. Every single example yeah. in Joseph's life was directed by God. Yep. And... One of my favourite texts since I've come into ministry is Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean yeah, not on your yep. own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So we've opened Sabbath. We're sitting down in our lounge there just quietly and the next moment there's a knock on the door. I went to the door and I looked outside. There was a van there. The motor was running and there was a guy at the door and he said, uh, I'm a government courier. And he handed me two packages. I knew straight away what it was. It was my targeted voluntary separation package. So I went inside. I put the packages on the floor. I didn't even open them. I said, thank you, Lord. You've answered my prayer. So I found out later that of the four or five people in our section who put in for a TVSP, the only person who got one was me. So... I can say confidently on air around Australia that I have no doubts whatsoever that God wanted me to be a minister. Wow. And since entering ministry at the beginning of, uh, it was actually January 1, 2010, that I began uh, my time as a, a minister of the gospel rather than the senior elder of a church. Um, I can say that God has never let me down once. Amen. And there are other things that we'll share as we go along in our our time of sharing today. So when we say, you know, we have this, it's not a mantra, but sometimes it annoys me a little bit. You, some people, you go to church and they say, God is good all the time, yeah. all the time, God is good. Well, it's true. God is good all the time. Yep. And if you trust him, he He will direct your paths. There's There's no two ways about that. So... Basically, Will, I hit the ground running January 1, 2010. Uh, Gary Hodgkin, who was our president at the time, who, of course, we hear on air every week on drive time, he was the president. I remember meeting him at church um, just after I'd received the package and I said, Gary, I've got my targeted voluntary separation package. I said, I'm available to help out next year in ministry if you'd like me to. I think his response was yippee or something like that. So um, (laughs) as I say, I hit the ground running in 2010. My first appointment as a minister was 
as an assistant to Dr. Wolfgang Stefani at Adelaide City Church. Okay, yeah, Pastor Wolfgang, um, he yeah. Was, he was the um, senior minister there and I was his assistant. Uh, we also had Melrose Park and I was the assistant again there. And then we had a little group over on Kangaroo Island, which you've probably heard about, and I was the minister on Kangaroo Island for a couple of years. Wow. So that's how I began my, I won't use the word career, calling as a minister. Because I don't believe ministry is a career. I believe ministry is a calling. If you're called by God and when you have answers as direct as the ones I've got, where people said to me, we can't work out how you got a, a package and we didn't, and my answer was, I know why I got a package. God wanted me to be a minister. <laughs> wow. So that's that's just a brief summary of the first time prior to that, as I said, I had been a senior elder in our church, which was one of the largest churches in Adelaide. But um, the step from going from senior elder to ministry or to a minister. So when you is, said you're a great. So when you um, when you you know, cross that line, so to speak, into mm-hmm. ministry. How long were you serving as the an elder of the, the local church? 20 years. And So that's a long time. It's a long time. Maybe God was training me. Maybe I was doing a Moses. You remember Moses yeah. did 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that being uh, the senior elder of this church was 20 years in the wilderness, yeah. nothing, nothing like that. It was an absolute pleasure to serve. Uh, but here's, here's where it becomes interesting. I remember when I became senior elder, I remember the senior deacon of the day coming up to me and he said, congratulations, you've finally made it. And I said, what do you mean I've finally made it? He said, you've finally become the senior elder of one of the largest churches in Adelaide. And I said, well, according to scripture, he who would be chief among you, let him be your servant. So I said, my role as senior elder, incoming senior elder is the servant to the church, and that's the same as I see my role in 2023. I'm the servant of the church, and I've been to a lot of churches this year preaching uh, in various churches, and um, it's a a privilege to serve uh, people in in the church because you realise that there is a great need. We keep talking about the need out there in the community, and there is, but you know what? There's a great need in the church too. Yeah. There are lonely people in the church. There are people who are struggling. And, and if I uh, could just ask a question. Yeah, no, you can ask um, So, Pastor Brennan, um, when you were... All go- I've done there is just touch on how I became a minister. Yeah. Nothing more than that. So, just <laughs> on that, um, talk us through um, how did uh, Lurleen, your, your lovely wife, how did she kind of... How was she on this um, she journey would, with she you? She would probably disagree on this, but she's tailor-made to be a minister's wife. Okay. I don't know that she ever saw herself as a minister's wife, right. but then she was um, the senior elder's wife. So there's probably not a huge, as I say, jump from being the senior elder's wife to the minister's wife. Yeah. Um, my wife is a very, very compassionate person. Uh, she's a very down-to-earth person. And... I would say this, and I'd say it sincerely, if it wasn't for the support of my wife, I wouldn't be the minister that I am today. Yeah, Powerful. How can I put it this way? I remember Andrew Kingston. You remember, I don't think you were here when Andrew Kingston was I know of Andrew, Yeah. yeah. I remember we were having a discussion one day in his office, and I said, you know, Andrew, we were talking about evangelism. We were talking about, you know, getting the message out to the people of Australia, all the rest of it. 
I said to him, Andrew, we need, we need always to remember one thing. God has not called us to be successful. He's called us to be faithful. Yeah, I said, when we get to lovely. heaven, Jesus doesn't stand at the early gates with a big smile on his face and the crown in his hand and say, well done, good and successful servant. Yeah. What he does say is, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. So long as I'm a good and faithful servant, um, I'm doing what God would have yeah. me to do. Praise God. The results will take care of themselves because it's the Holy Spirit who brings about the results, yeah. not me. Yeah. So you were saying, um, so you kind of went into your first uh, church where you served, I guess, as a minister was with Pastor Wolfgang at the Adelaide. I was only City there for one year okay. after I went into ministry. So yeah. how was that first 12 months um, working? All right, you know, with because the, really it was just an extension of what I've been doing yeah. for the last 20 years. Wolfgang and I used to have um, meetings every Tuesday where we would sit down and analyse how's the church going who needs visiting, who's sick, uh, who's lonely, um, have we got any Bible studies on the go, um, yep. are people showing an interest in giving their hearts to the Lord. We used to discuss this stuff every Tuesday morning, and they were really, really, I really looked forward to those times yeah. where we used to share together. He used to share, I used to share. And, um, yeah, I, I, I look back on those times and I realise that they were stabilising times for me because the following year, 2011, Andrew Kingston rings me up and he says, uh, we're throwing you in at the deep end, Brenton. He said, you've got Melrose Park on your own, you've got Tuparang on your own and you've got Kangaroo Island. So I'd gone from being an assistant pastor in two out of three churches to having three churches, none of them large churches, yeah. Um, some people think, oh, you know, a big church, you got a lot of people that can do stuff. Um, you know what? The workload in a small church sometimes is almost as great as that in a big church. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yes, you have got less people to share the load, but they all have needs. Um, I, How would I describe ministry today? I would describe ministry as you lead people you don't drive them. Yeah. You lead people. Ministry is leading. Yes, it's it's not being an upfront person. Um, some ministers, I think, think it is. It's not. Yeah. Um, leading people involves getting down alongside of them, and these are things that I learnt, I believe, skills that I took into ministry because when I was in the government, if I was um, buying land from you for to build a road, Rather than sending you letters or emails or things like that, I would actually come and sit at your table and get the map out and show you what we propose to do. Uh, there weren't too many people that I worked with who did that. And I found that sitting down at their table, maybe they were offering you a drink or something to eat or a sandwich or something like that. And um, I remember one case up in um, near Port Perry where I was buying some land to build an overtaking lane just out of Port Perry on the way to Port Augusta. Um, this dear lady, her and her husband, they belonged, I think, to um, another church denomination. And she had gone to a great deal of trouble to prepare sandwiches. It was a real morning tea. We had 
coffee and tea and hot drinks and biscuits and yeah. sandwiches and she offered me a sandwich and you know what every single sandwich had meat in it and I'm a vegetarian oh dear <laughs> so I said to myself what am I going to do so as not to offend this dear lady who's obviously gone to a lot of trouble and uh, I said look I really appreciate the effort that you've made to um put this on for me I don't, I don't really deserve it but would it be possible to just have a tomato and cheese sandwich yeah she said oh that's no trouble so i never said anything about the wheat yeah the meat and her husband tucked in he was grabbing the sandwiches we had beef we had ham we had yeah. you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah and uh i said would it be possible just to have a tomato and cheese sandwich yeah please and she said yeah no worries so 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 we did that. But um, what I'm saying is the common touch, I believe the common touch is something that all ministers need. We need to be able to get down on the level with our people where we need to sit at their table and hear their story. Yeah. And we need to empathise with them, pray with them. Uh, I remember uh, a minister friend of mine um, who is now deceased, a bit like who you were talking about, uh, he was a very famous evangelist um, here in Australia. He told me, Brenton, he said, when you go to a person's home, always make sure you pray for the family and for the children of the family. Yeah. Yep. So I've tried to follow that in my ministry. So God is good because he said in praying for the family, even if the family is full of black sheep, <laughs> yeah. they've all gone off the track and they're all doing this, that and the other. He said in praying for the family, it always touches them. Yeah. It always – and I've found that to be the case. Uh, I've had people say to me, thank you so much for praying for me. Wow. So that's that's just one small sort of snippet. Going on from there <clears> – <throat> I have several things to share, and I'd like to hear from you as well, but I can um, proclaim that God has looked after me. Last year, before I came into studio today, Will, I got my diary out from last year. That's the last year that I've had full-time ministry. Um, in seven months, I did 21,500 Ks of travelling. Wow, 21,000. Goodness. And I had no accidents. No speeding fines. Unfortunately, I've had one since then, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> and um, no breakdowns. Um, God had looked after me when we first shifted to the southeast after 10 years here in Adelaide. Uh, we took a call to go to the southeast of South Australia, and Gary, I think, has touched on this um, when I've been on air with him. We had Mount Gambia Church, Millicent Church, Narracourt and Rendlesham. We had the whole of the southeast region uh, with just myself as the minister. So I was always doing a lot of travelling. Some of my members lived two hours from the church. Some of them lived over the border in Victoria. Some were at Kingston Southeast, border town, other places. Um, I guess probably I needed an aeroplane rather than a car. <laughs> But what I'm saying is that God is good because he protected me. Um, one night when I was coming home from a Bible study, I hit something. To this day, I don't know what it is. Uh, I was told it was one of those small wallabies, you know, they're about this big. Yeah. All I heard was this almighty bang. Um, I'd been travelling along at 110 on a dead straight section of road and I hadn't seen a thing. 
And by the time I got home, which was another 50 or 60 k's down the road, the front spoiler was dragging on the ground and uh, it shorted all the dashboard lights out. So I literally just got home before the lights went out. They went out about five seconds before I drove in the driveway. But um, when you're out and about and doing that sort of thing, um, I used to have in that car an MP3 player and uh, I like to listen to scripture. So I had right. David Suchet, who was oh, Poirot. Yeah. Love, love listening to him. David Suchet reads the Bible yeah. better than anybody, yeah. in my opinion. Yep. And so I used to listen to the Gospels while I was travelling. So um, there, there are just a couple of things just to kick us off with um, how God has yeah. been, been good God. to me in ministry. And uh, without him, um, I don't know that I would have been able to do anything. So um, I just thank him for what he has done, and I don't think he's finished yet. I, I think there's still a bit of life left in the old dog yet. So uh, we'll see where he leads from here on. Wow, f- fantastic. Hey, uh, Pastor Brendan, uh, loving your sharing your story and just how the Lord has blessed you in, in your call to ministry, which I think is, is actually fantastic. Just one thing, Will, yeah, before go ahead. we go to the break. If you don't like people, folk, those of you who are listening around Australia, don't become a minister. If you don't okay. like people, don't become a minister. Do an IT job, become a mechanic, an engineer, do something. <laughs> But you've got to have a love for people. Yeah. You know, it's to be an effective yeah. under shepherd. Um, it's funny you say that, Pastor Brennan, because there was a guy at our church, or not? I was actually enrolled. We were at at Avondale our yes. first year. Yes, yes. And I won't tell you his name, but no, no, it doesn't matter. He stood up in our class <laughs> and literally said, "My name is," and he said, "I don't like people." And what's, kinda, he, what's he doing becoming a minister? Yeah, and we, yeah, exactly. We we're kind of looking at the Serious? guy going, what's going on with this guy? Yeah. And so, um, he's a bit of a hard, he was a hard nut to crack. <laughs> if I could use that terminology, well, the Lord but can crack hard nuts. So, um, the funny thing was when, actually, I'll share a bit of it <laughs> after the break. Um, but, um, but I totally agree. And, um, because at must, the end of the day, you must have a love for people. Jesus had a love for people. If you don't have a love for people, guys, seriously, please don't consider becoming yeah. a minister. You've got to weep with them. You've got to laugh with them. Yeah. You've, got, you've got to do the whole thing yeah. with them. All right. So um, so thank you, Pastor Brandon. We're going to go to a break, and we'll be back in just a few moments. But before we do, we want to promote our free book offer just one more time in our program today. Our free book offer is entitled The Benefits of Belief. Yes. How Faith in God. Please put in for it. Yeah. How Faith in God Impacts Your Life by Julian Mulgoza. And uh, Dr. Julian Mulgoza uses research and personal stories to reveal the amazing benefits everyone can obtain from following the Lord's ways and living the Christian life. And so uh, if you'd like to have a bit of a deep dive uh, on the benefits of belief for yourself or for a friend, please, all you need to do is text the code... SA147. That's the correct code. SA147. You need to text that code to 04888880811 and then we will get that book out to you as soon as we can. So the benefits of belief, that's our free book offer for today and for the rest of the week. If you want a free copy, all you need to do is text the code SA147 to 04888880811 and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. Please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments. friend we have in Jesus, all our 
our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often forfeit Oh, what needless pain we bear Having Jesus, an oldie but a goodie, and that is, is. Uh, from Chris Rice. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQA. Hey, Pastor Brandon, we have uh, Margaret listening in from Goulburn, who's texting Hello, for the Margaret. book off book yeah. offer. Margaret, right. we want to say a uh, special um, g'day to you out there, and uh, we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. Thank you for listening in today, and for the, all of you listeners out there, if you're in the car or you're at home, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. We're looking at good, God is good, life stories from our presenters, and Pastor Brandon has been uh, walking us through a uh, Part of his spiritual journey and his calling to ministry. So, uh, Pastor Brandon, uh, we got about ten plus minutes to go we in have. our program I'll today. Try and cram as much. Yeah, in you as I can. keep sharing. Um, <laughs> I guess it may be another couple of. Yeah, just yeah. I've got another couple of uh, things that I can share. With, go ahead with our folk. One of the things that uh, would generally catch people's attention these days, in um, particularly in certain ministries, is the issue of evil spirits. All right. Now, I've uh, had the privilege of doing a lot of work with Indigenous people right. down through the years. I'm not currently doing any, but I still have plenty of friends in the Indigenous community. And uh, I remember this woman rang me one night and she said, Pastor, would you come and drive the evil spirits out of our house? 
And uh, I said to her, I can't drive the evil spirits out of anybody. There's only one person who can drive evil spirits out. I, so I rang a minister friend of mine and I said, look, I've never had an experience like this. Um, I know that you have had to deal with these particular types of issues throughout your ministry, he said, Brenton, this is what you need to do. So I remember Will meeting this woman and her daughter at the house. No one was living in the house. In fact, if you and I left the studio now and hopped in a car, I reckon I could take you to exactly the house where this took place. Okay. Um, when we got to the house, it was quite a warm day, not as warm as the day we're having in Adelaide at the moment, but it was a fairly hot day and there was a strong wind blowing and no one was living there. They were all, I was told they were all too scared to live there because this girl woke up one night and there was something on top of her oh, and she wow. screamed and um, uh, whatever it was uh, disappeared. But um, when the mother unlocked the door and we went in, she said, I'm not going in that house. There's no way known I'm going in that house. Well, I walked in the house and in honesty, um, Will, you could feel the evil in the house. Wow. It was almost palpable. It was like when I walked through the door, somebody dropped a black blanket over my head. Goodness. You could feel the, the suffocation. There was nobody there. There was virtually very little furniture in the house. There was a lounge suite, and we went into the lounge and sat there. And I read uh, from the Word of God uh, what I quoted earlier on, actually, about John 5, uh, um, Mark, Mark 5, rather, where uh, Christ cast out the evil spirits and they yeah. went into the pigs. <clears throat> so we read stories of how Jesus had given authority to the disciples and how he himself had authority to cast out evil spirits. Then uh, the daughter had still not come in, and I said, I want you to come inside, please, because we are safe in here. Uh, God's angels are protecting us from the evil one and his angels, and we knelt down and we prayed. And then um, the minister had said to me, you have to be very direct in what you say. So I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command whatever spirits are in this house to leave this house and never enter it again. You read stories, Will. You've read them, I've yeah. read them, you've seen YouTubes, shouting, screaming, things flying around the room, none of that, just silence, nothing. But I did check two or three weeks later. I didn't check with the lady. She died not long after that, actually. Wow. And I checked with a friend of mine who had been in contact with him, and I said, has she said anything to you? She said, there's been no more trouble with evil spirits. Praise God. House. So praise God. We praise the Lord for that. Yeah. One of the other things that I did, um, as a minister, some of the, the most enjoyable things are when you see people give their hearts to the Lord. And I'm thinking of a family tonight who are probably listening to this program, actually, so I need to be careful. But um, when the husband and wife both gave their hearts to the Lord and were baptised last year, was it was an absolute joy to see this family uh, come to know Jesus and come to be a real blessing and a real powerhouse in, in sharing God, God with others. And um, there's nothing, I've often said, there's nothing happier than a baptism. 
because that's a decision that a person has made and it's a public decision. If you want to invite people along to a church service, weddings are a dime a dozen, funerals are a dime a dozen, uh, communion services, they do vary a bit because we as a church have foot washing uh, whereas many other churches who celebrate communion yeah. don't. But a baptism is something special. Sure. And I believe it's a, it's a very good service to invite people along to. And yeah. It often leaves a very positive impression on them. Basically, um, part of my role before I left Adelaide was basically as, an, um, as a chaplain. So I used to visit a lot of hospitals. I don't think there's a hospital in Adelaide, a major hospital in Adelaide, that I haven't visited people in. One of the things that's really touched my heart is has been visiting people who are terminally ill. Um, it's good when they recover. But yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a, a quick story. If they're terminally ill, and I was called into the bedside of a woman once and... Um, when I got in there, I could tell I, I took her hand in mine. It was like holding an ice block. And I thought they're only keeping this woman alive till the family members um, come along. She was yep. an Indigenous lady and I ended up doing her funeral service up at Udnadatta, um a few weeks later. But basically when people are terminally ill, often they know they are. I never discuss the word death with them. I, I simply say, um, you know what's ahead of you, and they, they nod their head, and I say, I'm going to pray, pray a particular prayer for you. And the particular prayer contains two things only. Lord, please forgive their sins and give them a home in heaven. Because when you've reached that stage of your life, Will, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what sort of car you drive. It yeah. doesn't matter how many property portfolios you've got, yep. how good you are on the sports field. The only thing is, are you right with the Lord? Yeah. Lord, please forgive their sins. Give them a home in heaven. We had a case of a guy who I was asked to visit by Andrew Kingston. They'd had a head on collision. This is where I'll conclude my comments of God's, God is good. <laughs> You'll find this funny. <laughs> they had a head on collision. There's nothing funny about a head on collision. Most people don't survive it. I said to him, how fast were you going? He said, I don't know, probably around the speed limit, 110. And I thought, I said to him, do you realise how lucky you are to be alive? Do you know what they'd actually hit? They'd hit an ambulance. <laughs> there was an ambulance coming the other way with three people coming down from Crystal Brook to a course here in Adelaide at yeah. the Royal Adelaide Hospital. And they'd hit this. Uh, whether he'd gone to sleep in the morning, whether the sun got in his eyes, I don't know. Oh, his wife seems to have escaped okay, but he's in the hospital. He's fairly badly bruised. And... Um, I, I go in there, and there's four or five other guys in the room there, and I, I introduce myself. I'm Pastor Brenton. I've been asked to come and visit you. And I said to him after visiting for a couple of minutes, I said, do you realise how lucky you are? And he goes, yeah, 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 I know. And I said, look, I always do this. I always ask people, would you like me to have prayer with you? And he said to me, ah, he said, I don't believe all that stuff, you know, this prayer business. He says, that's, you know. And I said, look, <laughs> I'm not insisting, I'm merely suggesting to you, would you like me to have prayer with you? You can say no, and I'm not going to be offended. He said, do you know what? He said, if it makes you feel better, <laughs> say prayer. I said, it won't make me feel better. I talk to God all the time in prayer, so it's not going to make me feel any better. Yep. So I had prayer with him. When I left, there was tears streaming down his face. Oh, dear. Um, I thought, thank you, Lord. 
Anyway, I visited him for about three weeks. He lived in Christchurch, New Zealand. So he and his wife were heading back there to give you some sort of sense of when. It was just after the earthquake in New right, Zealand, yeah. whatever that was. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> the last time I came to see him in hospital, I said, you know, we probably aren't going to see one another again on this earth. And I said, I'd like to believe that one day we're going to meet in heaven. He looked at me. I said, you know what I'm going to ask you, don't you? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I know. I said, would you like me to have prayer with you? He said, you know what I think about all that stuff? I said, well, you know what? Let's have prayer. So I had prayer. And the last memory I have of this man as I left the room is he's sitting up in bed, surrounded by four or five other guys who were patients in the same room, and there's tears streaming down his face. Uh, so wow. God is good, and he yeah. can do things. And he sent me a very nice email when he got back to Christchurch thanking me for the ministry. Will I ever see him again? I don't know. But you know what? One of the things in ministry is you would like to believe that wherever you go, you've planted a small seed that yeah. God will water, develop, and it will produce a harvest. And Galatians 6, 9 is one of my favorite texts. Let us not become weary in well-doing because at the appropriate time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Wow, what a so that's wonderful where like, promise. That's where I'd like to finish my yeah. praise to the Lord for Amen. God's goodness. He hasn't finished with me or you. Yes. And I believe 2024 can be the best year ever uh, as God. we reach out to um, our community of Australia. Praise, praise God. Hey, Pastor Brennan, our time is up for today. Um, I just want to thank you and um, for sharing your, your story and, and what the Lord has done in your life. I'm praying and hoping that for our listeners out there that, that that would have struck a chord with them and their journey with the Lord. And uh, we just want to sign off today just asking that for everyone listening today, we, we, wish, you, we wish you much of God's blessings as we uh, journey into this festive season. So, hey, just uh, a quick heads up for tomorrow yes. on our live show. Tomorrow we got Pastors Ricardo and Pastor Marty, and they're going to be continuing with this uh, stories from our presenters. So, uh, Pastor Marty and Pastor Ricardo are going to share, yeah, just their journey as well, their journey of faith and how the Lord has led them. And so we want to encourage you to tune in tomorrow and for the rest of the week, and we'll be promoting our free book offers each and every live show. So unfortunately, our time is up for today. It we is. want to thank you for listening. We want to leave, as always, as our custom is, we always close with the wonderful promise from Jesus Christ in John chapter 14 and 27. And the Lord says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. May God richly bless you and hope to see you next time. Morning.